Hi, everyone, and welcome to Funnier Than Cancer, the podcast about finding humor in the darker sides of life, because sometimes it's necessary. Just a quick housekeeping note to start off. Uh, beginning today, I'm going to release new episodes every Friday. So go ahead and subscribe to the channel, and they'll just download automatically for you. Uh, I'm also going to work on getting methods of communication available so that you can comment, you can ask questions, you can give me feedback, you can tell me really bad dad jokes because I love them, whatever. So like I said, this podcast is primarily about finding humor in the darker situations of life. But today, I want to spend time discussing the wrong way to use humor. See, the biggest refrain from last episode was using humor to punch the bully of life in the nose, but it's really important that we don't use humor to bully ourselves. So to kick it off, I'm going to discuss an actual experience of my own with a bully. When I was younger, beginning in sixth grade, I had a three-year horrible experience with a bully. Just a kid who just tormented me. It started the first time I met this kid. He had just moved in with his aunt and his uncle and his cousins across the street from a good friend of mine. And we were outside. My friend and I were playing outside in his front yard. And for reasons unbeknownst to me to this day, this kid just came sprinting full speed across the street, tackled me, pinned me down onto the ground and just pummeled me. I mean, just completely came out of nowhere. So right off the bat, I mean, he just instilled this, this, this fear in me. And there were a lot of situations in my life leading up to that very moment that set me up to be the target of a bully. But that's what happened. And so he would wait for me at the bus stop, knowing that I was going to run away from him with all the kids watching and laughing and mocking me and all that. He, uh, one time I transferred schools from uh, my Catholic grade school to my, uh, to a public grade school in the middle of sixth grade. And he, you know, got a bunch of his friends or a couple of his friends to join in and they jumped me. It was just horrible. I mean, it was it was a bully experience. I don't think I really need to go into much more detail than that. But again, not only did he mock me mercilessly because of the way that I would run away every time, but obviously at that age, others were joining and mocking as well, even those who were supposed to be my friends. And some of the worst reactions that I received weren't people who were mocking me. It was from people who cared about me but I could just see their shame in their face. Like, I can't believe you would run away. The crazy thing is the kid was smaller than me, right? Like kind of like a lot smaller than me, but fear is a crazy thing. And the thing with being bullied and you know, there is a real shame that comes along with it. And, and the effect of that is that for every single time I ran away and for every single time that I cowered, and every single time that as a result, people made fun of me, I understood deep down inside that I was deserving of every bit of this mockery and more. I mean, I knew that for a fact. There was no question in my mind. Now, of course, 
that's not actually true. No one deserves to be mocked, right? No one deserves to feel like that. And that whole story of the bully, I mean, of course, I didn't go into all the details, but that's meant to set up what's what's coming next. But I just want to, before I move on, I do want to say one thing. Years later, I actually ended up reconciling with this kid. And I mean, I, I, I won't say we ever became friends, but we became friendly. And one of the biggest reasons why that was able to happen was I became aware of situations in his own life that led him to behave the way that he was behaving. So it was really difficult to fault him for becoming a bully when he was being bullied at home. So what's that got to do with funnier than cancer? When I, when I, when I look at myself uh, and I look at the, the struggles of my own life and many of the struggles of my own life are self-created. Many of them are not, but I've always been someone who has, who has relied on humor sometimes as a coping mechanism or defense mechanism, sometimes as something that I've used really effectively to sort of prevent myself from falling into that pit of despair that can so easily almost attract people who have, have lived with such difficulty. So sometimes I do use it very effectively, but sometimes I use it very self-destructively. And that's really what this episode is is meant to be about, is not falling into that trap. Because sometimes I am my own bully, and I use humor to mercilessly tear myself down in the way that I think that I deserve. So we've all heard of this idea that it's okay to laugh with someone, but not at them, right? And it's meant as an indication that we shouldn't be mocking or ridiculing someone else. It means finding humor in a situation uh, without violating the integrity of a person or denigrating their self-worth. And I think that's actually a really good lens through which uh, to view the humor that we direct at ourselves, right? So in the last episode, I ended it by mentioning the fact that I had uh, started a dating profile not all that long ago. And I said that if I were to look at my situation, if I were being quote unquote honest, my dating profile would read, hi, I'm Michael. I'm 45 years old. I failed at marriage. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. Want to date me? Right? Now, first of all, even just as comedy itself, that's probably not as funny as I think. Um... But even if it's funny, ultimately what I'm doing there is I'm embracing a cynical, self-deprecating view of myself. Now, self-deprecating humor can be good at certain times, in certain ways. Um, When it comes from a place of confidence, there are people, and this can be a very attractive quality in a person, and I think it's one that I myself sometimes possess, sometimes not so much, but Self-deprecating can be good when it comes from a place of confidence. For instance, somebody makes a mistake and you know they joke, well, I guess that wasn't one of my finer moments versus, boy, I'm just a huge loser now, aren't I? There's a huge difference between those two sentiments. One is self-deprecating from a place of confidence, but the other's self-denigrating. 
And that's what we really, really have to avoid. So I think it's really important to remember that when we're trying to find just a certain lightness in life, a certain humor in life, uh, something that's going to lift us out of those darker moments, at all costs, we have to avoid turning cynical. And I think just to illustrate that, I want to close this with something from, uh, from a third century philosopher by the name of Plotinus. So Plotinus' uh, most famous work is called the Aeneids. And in the Aeneids, he wrote that all of creation emanates from three forces, if you will, called the good, the beautiful, and the true. And each of these uh, are united by the one. Well, what's this mean? It means that anything that is good in this world is also beautiful and it's true. And if something's beautiful, then it's also true and it's good. And if something is true, then it's good and it's beautiful. Well, why does this matter? Because you, whoever you are listening to this episode right now, you are part of this creation. If you look within yourself and if you think that what you see is ugly or bad or evil or rotten in any way, then guess what? You are embracing a lie because you are good and you are beautiful. And the more that life piles difficulties upon us, And maybe more importantly, the more that we pile difficulties on ourselves, then the more important it is that we come back to these fundamental truths. You are good and you are beautiful. And that is the truest thing about you. So thank you for listening and I will see you next Friday.